0: All right, well this morning we're going to be concluding our series, The Unveiling. We've been uh, in this uh, study of the end times and the unveiling, so this morning we are going to conclude this series. But yeah, so I just want to catch you up to speed just to to, to recap uh, what we've been uh, covering the last few weeks. In week one, Pastor Todd talked about God's calendar of events. He talked about... Uh, Bible prophecy, the reliability of Bible prophecy in the past history, how the fulfillment of modern-day prophecy also supports reliability of biblical prophecy, how the Bible uh, prophesies, uh, Bible prophecies predict future events. He presented all of these so that we can be equipped and better prepared for what's coming. Amen. And you know, the Bible, we 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 have prophecy in the Word of God, not just to have like, oh, that's cool. It's for a reason. Amen. And it's to prepare us for the times we're living in and future events. Amen? In week two, Pastor Todd showed us that, uh, that, that where we are in God's prophetic plan. He talked about the first coming of Christ, the church age, which is what we're living in now, the rapture of the church, the seven-day tribulation, the second coming of Christ, the millennial reign of Christ, and the new heavens and the new earth. And then in week three, he presented questions that we should be asking He asks, do we really know when Jesus is coming again? And the answer is, no, we don't. We don't know exactly when he's coming. We'll read that again today. We'll be going over some of the same texts today. And he said, no, nobody knows the time. But at the same time, we can know the seasons. And then he asks, are we living in the last days? And the answer is, Yes. yes, we are. He gave us six signs that we're living in the last days. And it's increased spiritual deception, increased wars, increased natural disasters, Increased Christian persecution and falling away of believers. Violent crime and immorality will increase. And all of these things, these first five, we see these every day, right? And then number six, what we got to look forward to, and I believe is happening, is spiritual revival will take place. That's the encouraging thing, amen? And then also, he asks, what should we be most concerned about? And we're going to talk about this in more detail today, is being right with Christ. Uh, we also heard Pastor Kelly a couple of Wednesdays ago preach on, on the blood moons and the end of, of times. I encourage you, if you've missed any of these uh, four messages, all of them are on our website or on uh, iTunes. You can hear it on podcasts. I encourage you, if you've missed any of them, I encourage you to go listen to them, go watch them. And, and it, it's all great teaching that you're going to really, really bless you. So this morning, we're going to conclude the series by asking the question what should we do while we're waiting for the Lord's return? What should we do while we're waiting for the Lord's return? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 24, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 3 in the New Living Translation. Matthew 24 and verse 3. And, and as you're going to be able to tell, of a lot of these scriptures, some of these scriptures, you know, Pastor Todd has used and went over. But we're going to look at um, these last ones and, and let you know, this is the direction Pastor Todd gave me and wanted me to cover. This is the direction he, he wanted to go into to conclude uh, this this series. Matthew 24 and verse 3, it says this. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, let any, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Verse 9, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will run rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word gives us everything that we need for today. Everything that we need for the future in our own life, for future events, Lord, in our personal life, going on around us in our neighborhood, in our workplace, in our state, in our community, in our country, and all over the world, Lord, we pray that you continue to help us as you have given us this roadmap to live by that you would help us and speak to us, Holy Spirit, on how to apply this to our lives and how to, uh, w- what we need to do. Continue to prepare us and get us ready, Holy Spirit, for, for what you've called us to do and for what's coming down the pike. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In these verses, the Lord Jesus warns the disciples and us, obviously how many disciples of Christ we have in here, that there will be spiritual deception, social and political upheavals, natural calamities, disloyalty, and persecution, all of which are precursors of the Lord's return and the end times, which we talked about once again in the last few weeks. So what should we do and how should we live during this time while we're waiting for the Lord's return and for these, some of these events are already unfolding, but to see the culmination of these things, how should we live? I'm going to give you a few things of what we should do and before I do that, the first thing I'm going to give you before the do's is, is a don't. And number one is don't be fearful. Let me say that again. Don't be fearful. Jesus made it clear in Matthew 24, 6, when he starts talking about all these things going to happen, he says in 26, uh, 24, 6 in the Amplified, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not afraid or troubled. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. And the NCV, verse 6 says, You will hear about wars and stories of wars that are coming, but don't be afraid. These things must happen before the end comes. Isn't it human nature that when we hear this stuff going on in the news, we, we can tend to get a little fearful? Right? You know, I remember one morning, right after we kicked off this series, I think it might have been the week after, Pastor Kelly walks into my office and he says, Hey man, I just read an article that if Mount St. Helen, they're saying if Mount St. Helen erupts, uh, it can kill everybody in America. And I was like, thanks for that encouraging word first thing in the morning, brother. Appreciate that. You know, how many of y'all know jubilation wasn't my first emotion that I felt when he told me that? Right? But you know it's true. We hear, I mean, and this is scientists here talking about volcanoes erupting and all. You know, everything, other you know, natural disasters, everything that we j- Jesus just talked about. We see it happening around the globe, right? It don't take long to pull up a news article to get on, you know, Facebook or something and see another war breaking out, about to break out, countries threatening, calamities, the possibility of Mount St. Helen erupting, all these crazy things. And 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 our natural bent sometimes as humans is to be afraid of that. But Jesus said, don't be afraid, don't panic, don't be fearful. I mean, all through the word, hundreds of times, he says, be not afraid. You know, I know like even just listening to these messages, you know, the last few weeks or especially if you listen to Pastor Kelly's blood moon message, you might have got a little fearful the things that he brought together. But you know what? We don't have to be scared as believers. Come on, let me say that again. We don't have to be scared as born again Children of the living God. Jesus makes it clear and he, obviously he knew he would be scared. That's why he told us not to be. Amen. And, 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 let me help you on, on, if you, if you tend, you know, some of us might get scared like that, you know, when you hear something, but then it goes away. But I know other people very close to me that you might have, you might have a tendency to dwell on these things and you get really frightened. You allow fear to just, you know, start really overwhelming you. But let me encourage you on, on how you combat that. One, we know the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound right? We've taught, I've taught, we taught on, on fear, and that's the whole message in itself. But, but with this situation, talking about what we're talking about, we need to switch our thinking from fearful to excitement and anticipation of eternity. When all these things are happening, we know that the end is getting closer and closer. That should excite us. Yes, we'll go through just like Jesus said. Well, it, it's it's birth pains, and 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 I've I've seen my wife give birth to four, all four of our children. You moms out there, you dads have seen it. Yes, it's painful. It's a it's a it's a painful time. It it might hurt. There might be some some things that are going on, but that that's just what we're going through to see something marvelous come to pass, in the sense of our babies being born. But this is going to be way way better than any any one of our precious children being born. We're going to be seeing Jesus, Amen. eye to eye, face to face. Amen? This should remind us that heaven's right around the corner. So listen, I want to remind you, encourage you about not focusing on just the natural, what's going on. Those things are going to happen. We're going to see them thing, with those things. We're going to, you know, some of this we're experiencing. Some of the stuff that we talked about and some of the stuff, you know, and once again, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Some of the things that we hear about, you look at in biblical prophecy, is for the seven years of tribulation, which I don't believe we're going to be going through. I believe we're going to be taken out of here before then. We'll talk about that more later. But there is natural disasters and all that. But listen, Jesus wasn't the only one. Paul himself, the the, the scripture encourages us. In Romans 8, 18, it says... Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So yes, we will have to go through suffering on earth. We will have to go through things. But he says, it is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. You know, when I read that, I feel like Paul, the sense of what he's saying is like, listen, you're not even going to remember the suffering when you get to heaven. You're not even going to remember. It's not going to be like, whoo, brother, you remember that time back on earth when, whenever that we had that earthquake or that volcano or whatever, I... We're not even going to—nothing can compare to the glory that is going to be revealed. Amen? We're not even going to be able to remember. I don't think we're going to even, you know— You know, I was talking to somebody recently about this, going going back to this. Not even, you know, won't be able to compare— I think what happens is, and, and, and someone that's very close to me that, that deals with fear, as, as, as we begin to talk about it, um, I'm not trying to harp on, on Pastor Kelly, but it was after his blood moons message, you know, and kind of, you know, you know, some of the stuff he brought out, you know, it could, could freak people out. But as I was just encouraging him, I said, listen, you can't stop. At it. You'll get fearful if you look at all the tragedy, all the calamity going on on earth. If you stop there, that's where fear comes in. But if you look past that and say, you know what, okay, this is going to happen for a short time, but once again, glory is right around the corner. Right around the corner. That's why in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, Paul says this. He says, listen, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Listen to this. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Don't just focus on the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven. Amen? That's the stuff that, that gets you past fear and keeps you going. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, second coming, when he reveals himself, you will share in his glory. That's the stuff. If you get fearful about news reports or what you see around the world or biblical prophecy, remember that glory remember focus on the re- cuz heaven is a reality right yes. heaven is a reality you know uh we were just at, at Pastor Steve's mom's funeral and, and brother Marshall uh he referenced brother Francis's uh funeral sermon that he preached for years and years and it was you know heaven is real hell is hot eternity is long and death is certain but heaven as pastor Francis said is real focus on the realities of heaven amen that's what helps us to get through this life and go through it will keep you from being afraid and not just get through it and, and, and pass by and just you know survive it, but to thrive through it. Amen? This is not our home, saints. This is not our home. Amen. Brother Marshall said about something else Brother Francis said uh about that. We're just this is just a bus ride, right, Brother Francis? You're just a bus a bus trip. We're taking through this life and 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 you know, we got a ticket. And guess what? Whenever, if you're born again, when that door opens on the bus, you're going to be looking at Jesus face to face. Yes, there are going to be some steep hills and up and, and bumps and whatnot on the ride. But listen, if we keep focus, reality, the, the realities of heaven, that will help break fear off of you. Amen? You yes. tracking with me? Yes. Amen. All right, the second thing we need to do is we need to be watchful. We need to be watchful. Let's read Matthew 24, 36 through 44. Jesus said, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Once again, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son himself, only the father knows. Makes it clear. We talked about this as well. When the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill, one will be taken, the other will be left. This is speaking of the rapture right here. Verse forty two. So you two must keep watch, for you don't know what day our Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready at this time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Jesus makes it clear that nobody knows when these things will happen. As one commentator put it, he said this, he said, In a time of indifference and carelessness, the Lord will appear with startling suddenness. Some will be taken to meet the Lord, while others will be left. Because of this event, Jesus says to be watchful. To be watchful. Not only did, did Jesus urge us to do this, but so did Paul. And I'm gonna break down what the word or what this really means when he says be watchful. It's more than just kind of like watch, be looking for him in the sky. This is what Paul says, Titus two thirteen. He says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. And then in Philippians 3, 20, he says, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we are eagerly waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. You see where he's going with this? Now look at 1 Thessalonians 1, 10, and he says, and how you look forward to and wait the coming of his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Speaking of Jesus. See, see watching is not just watching with our physical eyes. It's, it's a longing it's a it's an anticipation, a great desire for the Lord to come back. Wayne Grudem said it this way. Now this was convicting to me, so some of y'all are probably about to get your toes stepped on. I know y'all can just listen in as I'm I'm, I'm getting convicted here. Wayne Grudem said this: the degree to which we are actually longing for Christ's return is a measure of our spiritual condition. He goes on to say, the more Christians are caught up in enjoying the good things of this life and the more they neglect genuine Christian fellowship and their personal relationship with Christ, the less they will long for his return. On the other hand, many Christians who are experiencing suffering or persecution are who are more elderly or infirm and those whose daily walk with Christ is vital and deep will have a more intense longing for his return. That's heavy right there, right? I mean, I'm telling you, I was convicted when I read that. It's like, yes, I get excited about the Lord, but am I longing? Am I desiring? Do I get too caught up in enjoying life? Listen, we're supposed to enjoy life. He's not saying go around humdrum around life. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is that whenever our relationship, and this is what Paul's saying. This is just a man of God that reiterated what Paul was saying. Longing, looking for the return of the Lord. So we can enjoy this life, but don't get so caught up in this life to where it's like, oh, it don't matter if, you know, if Jesus comes back, he's going, you know, one day. We need to be, it needs to be an expectancy, a great desire in us. Amen? That's what Jesus said. He said, be watchful. That's what he meant when he said to be watching, be longing, be desiring. It's more than just like watching whenever storm clouds come in, right? We see. We can see a storm on the horizon, and you can see, oh, man, there's a storm coming. You can see that the clouds are coming, the, the heavens about to open up. Jesus encourages us to be longing, to be expecting anticipation to look forward to with deep desire. Come on, I pray that the Lord gives me a greater desire and a greater longing for that day. Amen. How about you? And if you haven't, like me, I've, as I was studying this this week, I began to pray, Lord, give me a greater desire, greater longing. I don't want to be too caught up in earthly things to where I'm not, I'm not watchful. I'm not looking for you. Amen. The third thing we need to do is we, need, we must be faithful. We must be faithful. Look at Matthew 24. I'll continue on in verse 45. It says, A faithful and sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while? And he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. While we await the Lord's return, we must be faithful and responsible in our service to Him. Are y'all awake this morning? Are y'all here? We must be faithful and responsible to our service to Him. The word, One of the meanings, a few meanings of the word faithful is true to one's word, thorough in performance, full of faith, reliable, trusted, and loyal. So let's ask a few questions and I'm asking myself these as well. Are you true to what you tell the Lord that you're going to do for Him? Are you thorough in the things that he tells you to do? Do you step out in faith when he tells you to do something, even when you don't know how it's going to work out? Or if you have no clue what's going to happen? Are you a person that God can trust and rely on? Well, he's like, well, Brandon, what are you talking about that, that God can trust? Did you know that God wants to be able to trust you? Look at 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. It says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now, obviously, he's talking to, to the elders, the overseers of a church, and and I mean, this speaks right to us, those of us that are in ministry. But this, is, this applies to all of us. I believe God has entrusted all of us with something, right? He's entrusted all of us, I believe, with, with people. There's people in your life that you can reach that I won't be able to reach. You'll be able to reach them on your workplace, on your job. You have, God has given you the gifts and the talents, and we're going to talk about that in in, in a few minutes, that you will be able to reach those people and get them ready for the Lord's return more than I would be able to, or Pastor Kelly, or Pastor Rob, or Pastor Todd from from the, the pulpit every Sunday. Amen? We've all been entrusted. God wants to be able to trust you. That's what one of the meanings of being faithful. Are you faithful? Are you a person that is loyal to the Lord and to your calling? If you know what your calling is, are you faithful to that call? Have you been living out that call? Have you been pursuing that call? Are you faithful to the Lord in your walk with him and your relationship with him? This verse is specifically talking about our service, but but it starts with our relationship. Are you loyal and faithful in that which is going to overflow the calling and the the ministry that God has in your life? Y'all know that y'all are all ministers? Did you know that? You don't need a platform and, and and a and a license or to be ordained to be a minister. Right? The Bible says to do the work of an evangelist. It didn't say you have to be an evangelist, amen? All of us are called to be Christ-like and all of us have some form of fashion to be faithful in, to, to a service to the Lord. And I want to encourage you, as we're talking about the end times, the days are getting shorter and shorter. The calendar and the opportunity for us to be faithful with the service we have, the window is closing, saints. Amen? So I want to encourage you, if you're not doing it right now, let's get it. Amen? Let's get it. Let's be faithful with what the Lord has given us. You know, my favorite, my favorite scripture Hands down on faithfulness is second Timothy two two. And it says, And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. I love this verse. I love this because Paul could have said, Hey, you know what, young Timothy, find these men that are influential. Entrust these things to people that are uh, good leaders. And trust these things that, to men that are gifted, man. Make sure you you pour into men that are anointed. Find someone that God is really anointed, and that's who you pour into. Paul didn't say any of that. He said entrust these things to what faithful men. That was the key. When I was a youth pastor, I, I used to have uh, people ask me all the time, "Hey, Pastor Brandon, how can I be a leader? How can I get on the leadership team? All this, that, and the other." And I would always take them to that scripture, and I'd say, "Be faithful." Be faithful. Show up at our events. Help us serve. Be faithful, and then we'll talk. Faithfulness is the key because they, they you, you, people can get up and have a great gift of preaching and all kind of stuff. But you know what? At, at the same time, they, they might not be faithful in their walk with the Lord. I've seen it. I've seen gifted young men and women that had a gift on the Lord, and they're not even up from the Lord, and they're not serving the Lord today. They haven't been faithful. With that Jesus said. A faithful, sensible servant is responsible in his service for the Lord. Amen? You know, the church was under great persecution at the time that Paul wrote this. So faithfulness was the key. You know, he understood that, you know, it's easy to serve the Lord and when it's fun and things are going well. But let me kind of turn the corner. You know, he, he, you know, he, was, he was telling young Timothy this because he knew back then, as it is in some countries now, still... You know, when he wrote this letter to Timothy, they were they were getting beheaded, man. They were getting thrown to the lions. They had to be faithful. It wouldn't have just caused them leaving the church. It would have cost them their life. You know, all over the world now, though, still in China, you know, you hear millions are getting saved in China. Those are faithful servants. It literally caused them their life. But how many of y'all have seen recently, even in America, how persecution is ramping up? You seen what's been going on in Houston the last couple weeks? You know, them demanding the the pastors' sermons and whatnot. It's good to see that the pastors are rising up. They're saying, hey, send me your sermons. pastors are sending them Bibles. There you go. Here's my sermon. Amen? So that's a great thing. Yeah, praise God. But, you know, that kind of stuff is increasing even in America. We see it starting to happen. So the question is, will you be faithful? If God asks you to step out of your life, maybe you're being faithful in an area, but in a a, a comfort zone right now, he asks you to step out. Are you going to be faithful? And these moments is what we really see, uh, you know, what we're made of. So let me encourage you. Remain faithful. Don't allow anything to stop you. No matter what challenges life, the devil, or, uh, you know, anybody throws at you, continue to be faithful. You will receive the prize in this life and in the life to come. Amen? Now, faithfulness always produces fruitfulness. Amen? And that leads us to our next point. The fourth thing we must do is we must be productive. We must be productive while we're waiting for the Lord's return. Let's look at Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. A lot of us have heard this parable. I'm going to read through it quickly. Um, The parable of the three servants. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion to their abilities. And then... He left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from a trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling these this small amount, and so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant... Who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money. Let me just stop right there. See, goes back to the first point. You see, when we become fearful, this is what happens. If we become fearful of what's going on around us, we'll get paralyzed with what God has given us to do. Just a side note. Verse 26, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. I knew, if you knew, I harvested Where I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, much more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing... Even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant in outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In this parable, Jesus explains that faithfulness, what faithfulness to our responsibility looks like. You see, it's, it's, it's being productive. It's being fruitful. You see, some people use their gifts and abilities that the Lord has entrusted them in to further the kingdom of God. They, they're productive. While others neglect their gift and they just, just hold on to it never using it, like this third servant. And then I also see there's some, you see it all the time, people that are gifted and anointed of the Lord and they're using their gifts and their talents God has given them to glorify themselves and not the Lord, right? Singers are all, always come to my mind first. How many big name brand or name brand, you know, known um, singers have you seen on TV or whatever? I've seen so many that say, yeah, yeah, you know, I started, I grew up singing in the church, And they had this anointed voice, they have an anointed voice, they're gifted, but they're using it to glorify themselves and make money and not for the Lord. And other it could be a businessman, it could be whoever, that God has gifted you to do something. You know, I gave some of the meanings of the word faithful earlier, but the greatest meaning according to Jesus, according to this parable, is being productive. It's producing fruit. He makes this clear in verse 21 that being faithful is not just maintaining what we have. It's being productive. Let's read it again, just those first few verses. Look in verse 20. The servant to whom he entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. He tells him he was good. He was faithful because he produced something with the gifts he had. Y'all tracking with me? Y'all see that? And then he goes on to say that the other one that, that produced two, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. But the one that didn't do nothing, he maintained. He didn't give it away or anything. He maintained the gift he had, but he buried it. That person Jesus called a wicked and lazy servant. I know this, this is this is hard to hear, but this is what the Bible says. Are y'all with me? This is not my idea here. This is what Jesus said. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. If you are faithful while you're waiting for the Lord's return and what he gave you, you're going to produce some fruit in your life. You know, it also shows me this. Now, as I say this, I love this parable because it shows us not to compare ourselves to somebody else and what they're doing. Because you notice one produced five bags of silver and the other produced two, but Jesus told them the same thing. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. He didn't say, well, man, why you didn't, you didn't do as much? No, 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 no. They were faithful. They produced fruit. And the Lord was blessed with that. Amen. Matter of fact, I believe if if, if if the one that just did what Jesus told him to do, man, why didn't you at least invest it in the bank? I would have got some return. I think if that guy would at least invest it in the bank, he would have heard, well done, good and faithful servant too. Even though it would have been minimal, he was still looking for a return with the gift that he was given. Are y'all tracking with me today, saints? And that's what I want to encourage you. Jesus is telling us we need to be productive, be faithful and be productive while we're waiting. You know, This was not more evident to me of someone's life than this week. Like I said, just on Friday, uh, Pastor Steve emails, uh, you know, mom, we had a funeral service for our celebration Friday. And just leading up to it, a couple of staff members went to the wake and I heard a story. And then I talked to Pastor Steve when I got there on Friday. And they were talking about his mom, Miss Lula. You know, some of y'all might have known Miss Lula, you know. And and they talked about her, how... I mean, and at the funeral, especially at the funeral, you know, Brother Marshall was talking about it. People that got up and talked, Steve himself was saying of how much Miss Lula loved the Lord and how much she she was a soul winner. Just about a month ago, not just about a month ago, uh, she went across the street to a neighbor's house, an elderly lady that was dying, and Miss Lula went and 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 shared the gospel with her and led her to the Lord. Two weeks later, that lady died. So, and then she went, She well, before that, let me back up, before the lady died, the day before she went back, because to, to, the Lord felt like the Lord gave her word, even though she was in a coma now, and told her, listen, you made, you know, you, you, you made the right decision, you made the best decision, you know, and just gave her word somewhere along the lines of that the Lord is ready to receive you, and had like 15 family members in the room, and they were all able to experience the salvation of the Lord. Miss Lula already knew she had cancer by this time. And she was there still ministering, winning souls, loving people. I would say that's called being productive. And, you know, the the encouraging thing is, as I'm talking about, you know, being faithful produces, you know, a fruit. Is that whenever we found out that she had passed away, Brandy, uh, Steve's daughter, her, her, her granddaughter, had put on Instagram, you know, a picture of her grandmother holding her when she was a baby. And she said, I know you've heard the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Brother Marshall echoed that. Uh, Steve echoed that at the, at the funeral and said, I know she's hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant. As I begin to think about that, I was like, she's right. Because you know what? She was faithful and she produced fruit. They said she was a soul winner. And she did it up until literally weeks before she went to be with the Lord herself. Amen? That's encouraging right there. That we all must be about our father's business. Stay busy. Be faithful. Be productive. Amen? Amen. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we are prepared. We need to be Prepared for when that sky cracks open and that trumpet sounds, we need to be prepared. Excuse me, Matthew 25, in verse 1, I'm going to begin reading. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midday, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up. Prepared their lamps, then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because of our lamps, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going to buy oil, the bridegroom came, then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord! Open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Jesus was given a parable here of his return. In this parable, Jesus teaches the necessity of being prepared for his return. We need to be watchful. We need to be faithful. We need to be productive. Most importantly, we need to be prepared. We need to make sure we're right with the Lord. Amen. That's what he's saying. They're going to knock and say, Lord, Lord, let me in. He's going to say, I don't know you. We must be prepared. He compares it to a joyful wedding procession in which the unprepared cannot participate. This is not a wedding that you can be late for. Amen? The three great apostles, Paul, Peter, and John, all had something to say about how we should live in the face of Christ's impending return. How should we live our life? In, first, in, in Timothy 2.11, Paul says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures... We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. Paul tells us to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. And he goes on to say, we've been cleansed of these things. We celebrated that this morning during communion. Amen? So let's not go back into that. Let's not turn back into those ways. And then in 2 Peter 3.11, Peter says this. Since everyone around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day and hurrying it along." That's three points in one verse right there. He's saying you need to... To, to, to uh, be be looking, living a holy, godly life, and hurrying it along, expecting it, longing for it. Hurry up, Lord, come, Lord, come. And living godly, holy lives while we're doing that. Amen? Because listen, the ones that are living the godly, holy lives, they're the ones that are going to be saying, hurry up, Lord, let's go. The ones that are not are going to be like, oh, I hope he comes later, way later. Amen? And then also, First John 3 and 2, John says this, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he's pure. He's coming for a pure and spotless bride. Amen? Jesus and these three apostles are urging us in these times we're living in to live as God would have us live. And that's life of purity and holiness. Amen? And listen, if you saved in here, stop tampering, stop dabbling with the world. Stop, stop petting sin like, 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 it, like it's some kind of a pet. Just like these people, I always use this uh, illustration when I, when I, I, I heard it one years ago. People that, that mess around with sin, the church that dabbles in sin, it's like people that train these, these wild, you know, tigers and lions. Remember like Sick Freedom Ward had these, 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 what were the white tigers, I think? And one of them later, years later turned and like attacked them and they freak out. It's like, dude, it's a lion or it's a tiger. what you expect? It's not your pet. People put their head in in the crocodile's mouth and and they snap on them and and everybody's like, oh, why are you putting your head in there? I mean, come on. You know, we laugh about that. But that's the same thing we do with sin. If we're saved and we're Christians, you're putting your head in a crocodile's mouth. You, You playing with a lion. Or a tiger. And no matter how tamed you think that sin is, it is sin and it's gonna come back to bite you. The Bible says, Jesus Himself says, to be prepared. You know, I wanna, uh, I wanna read you an account of something that happened quite a few years back. I read this and it says, Two years after the wildfires of 2003, San Diego regional authorities installed what they called reverse 911. It was a a phone system to warn people. The early warning system was first used to warn residents of the approaching wildfires of 2007. Some homeowners, however, did not receive a call or had phone systems that screened out the warning call as an unrecognized number. Now listen to this. Others received the call but chose to ignore it. Some of those who did not hear the warning did not evacuate their homes, and as a result, they lost their lives. The Lord has sounded the warning. It's been very clear, church. From the Old Testament prophets to Jesus himself to the New Testament writers, they are warning us. A firestorm is coming. A firestorm is coming. One, it will be in the form of a seven years of tribulation when no Christian influence will temper the evil that would plunge into the earth and, 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 and bring forth misery and devastation. Not only that, the firestorm of hell, which will burn for eternity. But you can avoid the destruction and be evacuated. Amen? Amen. Just as these got the warning call that there was a wildfire coming down on San Diego, you have been warned and you can avoid and be evacuated, so to speak. The rapture is going to be the greatest evacuation that ever took place on the face of the earth. You can enter your name on that list and hear the trumpet call. By turning your life to Christ and beginning to live pure and holy, Speaking of heaven, the Apostle John wrote in Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven: Nothing unclean and no one who does shameful things or tells lies will ever go into it. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will enter that city. Would you please stand with me? Jesus said, we must be prepared. I want to encourage you today. Not to be fearful. No matter how much you see on the news, Jesus said, don't don't panic. Don't be fearful. Don't don't be troubled. I want to encourage you. Be watchful. Be longing. Desiring his return. Be faithful. Be productive. And most importantly, be prepared. With every head bowed and every eye closed at this moment right now, as we're closing up this series. As I was praying this morning, I was thinking, Lord, Lord. You know, he could come back before I even preach this message. He could come back before I'm finishing this prayer. He could come back. They, can't, they might not even be a second service. It, his imminent return, is that possible? So with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, I want to ask you a question. Are you prepared? If that sky cracks open... In the next few minutes, and we hear that trumpet call, and the Lord comes down, and the rapture happens, and we see the Lord. Are, are you going to be one of the ones that are going to be evacuated, so to speak, off of this earth? Have you got right with God? Listen, the Lord is here today to tell you he loves you so much, he wants you to be a part of that evacuation plan. He said he sent his son, John 3.16, Because he loved us so much. He sent his son to die for us. As we celebrated this morning in communion. He died in our place. He don't want us to go through the tribulation. He don't want us to go through the fiery flames of hell. He wants us to spend eternity with him. And listen. The greatest deception of the enemy. Is to tell you that you have time to make this decision. I want to encourage you. Whoever you are. Man, woman, child in here. We don't have time. We don't know when this day. Jesus made it clear. We read it. No one knows the day or the hour. It can happen any moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm prepared. I need to get right with God. I want you to slip your hand up. Let me see your hand. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I see your hand. These young men over here. I see your hand over here. I see your hand. Hands going up all over the building. Praise God. Anybody else? I want to be saved. I want to be right with God. When that trumpet sound calls, I want to be ready come on, come on, listen this is real, this is serious if you're serious right now, I want you to take a bold step I want you to slip out your seat and come down to the altar we're going to pray with you come on up y'all, if you, you raise your hand, come on down I'm going to come meet you down here at the altar we're going to pray for you come on, let's give them a round of applause yes, yes thank you Jesus come on down, God bless you brother God bless you man God bless you. God bless you. Come on, still some more coming down. Come on down. Amen. Congratulations, young man. Come on, let's pray. We're going to pray together. We're gonna, let's, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Y'all come on over here. Let's, we're going to pray together. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that he died for your sins, and you confess your sins, that you will be saved. Amen. Come on, let's all pray this together. Say, Lord, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died for my sins. Lord, I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would cleanse me from every sin. Lord, I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you're preparing me today for your return. Lord, give me grace and give me strength to live for you every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Congratulations, y'all. Hey, y'all stay up here. They want to get some information from y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you, young man. We're going to pray for y'all. We want to, y'all stay up here. We want to get, get y'all to feel something out. We want to pray for y'all this week. Pastor Kelly and Pastor Rob. Hey, listen, and for the rest of us, if you've given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you. Still, we need to be watchful. Let's be prepared. Let, let's Let's desire, we can't do it on our own, but let's desire to live pure and holy lives. Amen? Is that your desire to live a godly and pure life? Come on, that's your desire. As we close in prayer, we're closing up. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to give us grace. We can't do it on our own. Come on, I'm praying for myself right now too, church. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us. Give us the grace. Give us the strength, the desire to want to live pure and holy lives as you have encouraged us to do, Lord. As you have commanded us to do, help us, Lord God. Break all fear off of us, Lord God. Help us to be watchful. Help us to be productive and to be faithful and to be prepared. Lord, I pray that you would help us to continue to seek after you with our whole hearts, desiring, Lord God, to be like you are, Lord God. Make us holy, Lord, for you are holy. Thank you that you're giving us grace. You're giving us the strength to live in these last days. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do in our lives, in our community, Lord God, in our state, in the nation around the world. We thank you for spiritual revival, Lord God, that has taken place, and we pray that it would continue to increase, Lord God, all around us. And that that we would be a part of it. We thank you. I pray your blessing upon all of these that are here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Hey, God bless y'all. If you need prayer for anything else, feel free to come up. We'll be down here and pray for y'all. Y'all have a great day.